Hey guys, and welcome to the Let's Get Coffee podcast. I'm ready for another episode, and I hope you guys are too. So let's get this thing started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Coffee Podcast. We are live again from Brasshorn Coffee Roasters in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we have a very special guest. I know I say that every episode, but every guest I have is special. Um, he is a recording artist, worship artist, um, just all around great dude. I want to welcome Corey Voss. Corey, how are you doing, man? Good, man. Blake, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming, man. So, naturally, we're in a coffee shop because it's yes. Let's Get Coffee. So, mm-hmm. let's talk coffee real quick. Uh, what are you drinking Done. right now? Well, right now, I'm actually drinking a green tea mm. with, I know it has ginger in it. I don't remember what else is in it, but it's delicious. It's good? Yeah. Put a little bit of honey in there. Perfect. Way to go. Yeah. So, I know we talked before and you're trying to stay away from caffeine right now mm-hmm. uh which is an issue for coffee addicts like us mm-hmm. yeah so i'm gonna kind of let you reminisce on your best coffee best cup of coffee you've ever had oh man best cup of coffee i've ever had i think honestly the first time that someone made pour over oh yeah i had never had it was a chemix and okay. i had never had pour over before and it was so good it was just you could just taste all the notes and all the extra things and you could just tell this is not this is not just regular brewed through a coffee pot coffee this is right there is love and care <laughs> it's <was> legit <laughs> all the things put into it that's good so do you mm-hmm. know what coffee was or, or is it just i think some honestly i think that it was um you know i don't remember don't remember nope I just it wasn't remember, that memorable. I do remember it was a lighter roast, and it had some like fruity type of notes to it. Okay, it was really good. So, so, being on the road, have you hit any like good coffee shops? Oh yeah, yeah, so many. Any any one that stands out to you that I should try at least? Oh man, yeah, I would say um, in Dallas, Texas, there is um, there's a it's called George Coffee and Provisions. And it's probably one of my favorite coffee shops that I've been to. And that was the first time that I actually had like a lavender honey latte Mm. with oat milk. And that was... I know that's one of your top favorites now. Oh, it's up there. Yes. It's up there. The last few times I've gotten coffee with you, you've gotten that. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's that's the Corey Voss special. Oh, man. They call it that at my church, too. So that's... (laughs) It makes sense. We have a a cafe at our church. And I actually was like, we should institute that and, you know, implement it into the menu. And they did. They named it after you, too? Well, unofficially. Okay. You're working yeah. on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yep. Let me know TM when it's official. Trade- trademark. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you guys don't know Corey, again, he is a worship artist. Um, pretty much anything you hear right now, he probably has some sort of hand in it. But uh, oh man, that's I mean at least everything I've listened to. But I'm a little biased too because uh-huh. um, he's a good he's a good guy. But uh, I would love for you to just share a little bit about who you are and how you got into uh, worship music. So. Yeah, man, worship music. Yeah, so I honestly like 
I'd always wanted to write songs, you know, as a teenager. I'd like just going to youth group and, you know, experiencing corporate worship and um, that kind of thing. I'd always wanted to write music. And um, I started leading on the worship team at my church when I was 16. And then I went off to college and kind of took a little break from music for a semester and then just got really hungry for it again. I was like, oh, I miss, you know, leading worship, playing music. And so, um, but then like the creative side of it, you know, always was leading other people's songs and that kind of thing. But then there was just a moment in time where some friends of mine were writing songs and they were leading them in our, you know, college, in our chapel. And I remember thinking like, this is so powerful. I want to do this. You know, I want to write something that people can sing together, you know, live. And so I kind of locked myself away in my dorm room for couple of days learned the acoustic guitar the basics you know <laughs> just yeah. you know a couple chords and a capo that's all and, you need for youth group music <laughs> i mean yeah that's all you need. so i did that and then um yeah started writing some choruses and verses and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then um let some i led some songs that i'd written throughout college and it, the first one i ever led went over really well um and it was weird because I let it one time and then like two weeks later people came up to me and they're like, Hey, we sang your song today. And I was like, oh, what? They're like, yeah, we sang it in chapel. And I was like, how did you get the chords? They're like, right. Oh, somebody found them. And like, I don't even know how they, yeah. but I, yeah. So it was cool. And then I realized at that point, I was like, I think this is something that I'd want to do, you know, right. more often. And then fast forward after college, I move up to Nashville and kind of start writing up here and working at a church and, um, yeah, co-writing became kind of a semi, like a part-time thing for me. Right. Yeah, I know like the first time I really was introduced to your music, the first time I actually, I think we probably met um, then too, it's been a few years, but it was I think 2015, 2016 at Immerse Conference. Oh yeah. Uh, which, if you don't know what Immerse is, it's a singer-songwriter, um, worship artist conference in Nashville uh, that Lifeway puts on. And uh, the year that I went was the only time I went. You, I don't know if you were one of the performers or one of the uh, songwriting gurus. I was a judge that year. Judge, that's yeah. what it was. But that was the first time I, I kind of heard who you were. Um, and from there, I was introduced to your music and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I was a fan. Um, yeah. And then a few years after that, we got acquainted through some mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And um, and all that, but so what? What made you want to come to Nashville to become? What was the idea to become a worship artist, or was it just it's Nashville, music happens here? I yeah. want to get my foot into whatever I can. Yeah, no, I love that question. I think it was honestly like I guess I would call it a, a calling. You know, I just right. really felt impressed in my heart that that's what I was supposed to do I felt like you know the Lord had put that on my heart to mm-hmm. do um, and that I just have always felt a deep sense of purpose in worship and music and so like I just kind of felt drawn to the Nashville area right um, yeah and so like once I got here you know I started working at my church in mm-hmm. Shelbyville um, and that's been wonderful uh, just a great I've been there for seven years now and so doing that and then also like coming driving into nashville and co-writing kind of did both 
I do both things, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and so, but I feel like the songwriting and the church are connected. It's like a hand in hand thing. Um, cause you kind of have to have a context for what you're writing for. Right. Um, and to be writing for like corporate worship and people to sing together, it makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. to be like established in a church. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're worth in- integrity, right? Yeah, integrity and so music. integrity music, and you were also on staff, like you said at Gateway. Mm-hmm. Is it like a different feel when you write? Is it more because I know there's worship for the church. Yeah, there's also worship for the radio. Yeah, which is completely different. It's a night and day difference. Yeah. So, was there any difference for you guys when you went to write with integrity? Where like were you specific saying, "Hey, this is for the church," yeah, or this is for radio play like yeah. what was what was that process? yeah no i think that like i've always kind of had a heart to write for the local church and for a congregation mm-hmm. so i've always done that um i think that uh yeah the radio side of it is not as familiar to me right even though i will definitely eventually i like i'd love to start writing some more stuff mm-hmm. that would fit but there are those songs that cross over you know it's like it fits the corporate worship environment right. and it fits the radio um, and a lot of a lot of people go to the radio, mm-hmm. you know, during the week to find music. Um, right. So yeah, but I think naturally I'm wired towards congregation, mm-hmm. you know, to writing songs that people can sing together. But there's also this artist part of me, you know, that's like I want to express my heart and my emotions right. in a song that would lead people to God. Yeah. So, so segue into that, yeah. the artist heart. You you have a new shift in your life, and that's stepping yeah. away from full time ministry at a yeah. church and entering into full time artistry. Yeah. So it's still pretty new, but how is that going so far? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, it's definitely been uh, a unique transition for me because I'm used to being a full time worship pastor mm-hmm. um, and you know writing, you know, I guess on a part time basis, and so now stepping into an artist role i'm still going to be leading at the church right like once a month maybe twice a month depending on my schedule but now it's kind of like and I, before i had you know this nine to five office job mm-hmm. at the church where i'm you know there a few days a week and doing graphics and you help with the website and you yeah. you know kind of just outside of the music side of things you do whatever whatever is needed. Told, yeah. yeah to like if you need to go make a run to get supplies for the cafe then that's what you do Mm -hmm. um and so now stepping out of that into artistry it's kind of i mean it is self-employment so you're like okay i have to come up with my own routine and rhythm and Mm -hmm. schedule which is exciting and scary all at the same time how hard has that transition been during everything that's going on with the world uh with quarantine with Mm -hmm. everything kind of shut down uh you know no shows going on nothing really open so how hard of a transition has that been from a secure job in yeah. full-time ministry to an unknown right now with, across the board with, with artistry? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been challenging, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, I always feel bad saying that, though, because I know everyone, like, this year has been crazy for everyone. Right. <laughs> but um, it's definitely been challenging, and I think that, yeah, I've had a lot of excitement about stepping into it but also like the challenge of okay you know traveling is going to be something that you know 
won't happen necessarily as easily as before. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, I think I think people are ready for you know to get back to some sense of normal. So right. it's like some concert promoters and churches are already starting to like create mm-hmm. opportunities because you know they want to continue building um, their ministries and uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely challenging. But I also like. I have this sense of like optimism about me where I'm like, okay, I think it's going to be awesome. And right. I'm really excited to see what doors open. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I just went to Pennsylvania two weeks ago and mm-hmm. led uh, worship at a church and I did an outdoor concert as well. And one weekend, and that was really refreshing because I haven't, right. I hadn't been on a plane since before COVID. <laughs> and so it was just like, this is exciting. I get it's to a good go, feeling. Yeah. You know, go somewhere and do something. Right. So, yeah, so, I mean, we started the year off as a worship pastor, as, you know, staff member of a church, and then COVID happened, and you see churches just shut down, and everyone has no idea what's going on. As somebody on staff at a church, as somebody who whose job is basically just welcoming and helping people get into the presence of, of worship, mm-hmm. How hard was that to connect with the people of the, well, the congregation, the people of your church? Um, because, I mean, I know there's some difference, obviously, with recording a, a video and putting it on a screen as right. being in front of people in the room. Right. Um, what, how challenging and what, what kind of ways did you guys kind of incorporate? Like, how, how did you guys try to make it different than yeah. just a recording? Yeah. Yeah, we, so it was kind of interesting because we got to, like, plan ahead. Um, Right. So we kind of took our schedule and recorded, like, the next Sunday we would record, like, the week before. Mm -hmm. And so it gave us, like, a whole week of time to, like, edit the video, edit the audio, and it challenged our team to, like, take their level of skill to the next level and, like, um, video production, audio, all the things. But as far as, like, the heart of worship and, like, you know, communicating that, um, yeah, we, I think in, in my heart, I just had to remember why we're doing it. And in, even in my mind's eye, like, connect that there are people on the other side of the, you know, computer screen right. and TV screen in their homes, like, that want to worship and right. that want to experience the Lord. And so, yeah, that was kind of my perspective on it. So I just challenged our team. I was like, hey, make sure that you're really worshiping from, like, an honest place in your heart, but also, like, don't let the empty room scare you, you know? Right, yeah. Imagine there's people in here. Like, right. L- like, you know, live live from that moment, even though it's not happening right in front of you, imagine it and use, your, use that creativity. That's um, good. And I think that really created a lot of, um, yeah, communication over mm-hmm. online. And we even posted some of our songs on youtube and like it seemed to communicate like really well at gateway um you're balancing that and integrity and then madison street worship comes about mm-hmm. comes into uh, fruition and you guys seen pretty good success yeah. um yeah. two albums um did you guys tour with yeah, we've street? done yeah we've done some like it's like a couple dates you know one or two dates a month type right. thing. Yeah. so so now are you fully transitioning out of that or are you still going to be a part of that? Like as a, as an artist standpoint, are you going to be on albums with that? Yeah, no, I'll, um, still part of the family. And, um, but I think as far as artistry goes, I'm definitely moving into my own, um, Mm -hmm. 
artistry, but I told my team, I was like, I'm here for you guys if you need anything, if you right. need me to step in for, you know, whatever they invite me to help with, I said I'm willing, no, you know, yeah. and it's just my heart to... Going back to, to the whole worship over um, over video, over live stream, whatever, yeah. empty room, what, what advice would you give to some churches who maybe haven't mastered the identity of, hey, this is worship, mm-hmm. this is getting people in the right space, like how... What would you say to help them figure out, hey, this is more than just recording a video? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would just say um, it all comes back to, like, that heart of worship and your, Mm -hmm. like, where you are personally with the Lord and being in a place where your heart is full, you know? Right. And you're ready to give. Um, I think that's important and just bringing your best, you know? and recognizing the amazing opportunity that's in front of you to influence people, you know, that's yeah. always a gift, like being able to speak life and encourage people and like see their hearts be become full as well. That's a huge gift, you know, right. and to not take that for granted. Cause sometimes when we get in the middle of things and even when there's extra work or effort required, sometimes it's easy to feel like, exhausted at the thought of it you know yeah or it's like oh man this is so much more than normal but really like i don't know yeah so with uh with quarantine sure you've had a lot of free time to kind of dive into yourself and dive into um maybe some weaknesses you have maybe some strengths that you have that you need to to work on and whatnot oh yes Um, Would you would you mind sharing some of that? Like what what is what has God really just shown you through this time? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I think quarantine and all the downtime, it's been a realization of like all the things that I that I do to stay busy, to mm-hmm. like occupy my mind. And then when you're still uh, or quiet or there's like downtime almost the things that you are so busy you're not thinking about they all kind of start coming to mind little by Mm -hmm. little and so you kind of have to face yourself you know kind of thing where it's easy to like work and do and create and maybe ignore uh like okay what's going on in my heart right now or where am i at and so you kind of have to face yourself in the midst of that so it's been like kind of scary but also beautiful at the same time because you can recognize growth areas you know um in your life and you can recognize um even just the value of being still and the value of i think that was one thing quarantine taught me Mm. was like that like we live in such a fast-paced like culture you know like everybody's on the go every every single time yeah and I think we almost have this, like, subconscious thought of, like, it's bad to rest. Right. You shouldn't rest, you know? And it's like, no, that's actually, if you don't rest, like, you'll burn yourself out. You right. Know? And then you don't want that. So, yeah. No, that's um, something I wish I heard years ago, a few years ago. But yeah. And definitely to, needed that. And to let yourself rest. And yeah. And to, like, like, even do something that, like, is mindless, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, watch funny youtube videos and just unwind for an hour you know yeah youtube's not that bad exactly you know that's really big because i know like i mean there's many pastors out there um or just people in general that are are especially in ministry because it always feels like we're never on a a break um it's always yeah you're always trying to find somebody to i mean present the gospel that's what we're called to do right and so it's, it is a never-ending job, but when it's also your 
actual job yeah. and make money from it, it's it's even worse because it's like, yeah. okay, now I got to do this, this, and this, and you leave mm-hmm. whatever setting you're in in ministry, mm-hmm. church or nonprofit or whatever, you leave that, yeah. and then you're like, okay, well now I got to continue this because. I don't want people to think I'm two-faced or whatever. Right, right. And um, I know, like, a lot of pastors struggle with that, and that's why you end up yeah. seeing, you know, pastors get into alcoholism or sure. leaving churches mm-hmm. or, even worse, suicide. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that been a big thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. past few years just seeing pastors yeah. do that. Yeah. And people always put questions of, like, hey, why is that happening? Sure. Well, because... You guys aren't really gracious with with taking time away and, and yeah. doing that kind of stuff, and I really think yeah. that it, totally. I went through a season of burnout a couple of years ago because um, I was doing ministry for seven years straight. Wow! Um, and mm. you know, doing I was at a church, I was doing uh, worship, and I was I was helping with the youth, and it was mm. great. I loved it; it was awesome. And then one day, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I, I was on stage playing playing worship and I just didn't feel in it. Wow! I felt so out of it. And then yeah. uh, I approached approached the uh, the people the the leaders and said, "Hey, I, I can't do this. Like I'm I'm just yeah. not there. I, I I feel empty." Yeah. And um, and I think ever since and that's that was two years ago and I'm still kind of figuring out my way. Yeah. Because I never wow. I never told myself never I was never gracious with myself to yeah. to sit back. Yeah. And learn. And yeah. Well, I think you're right. Like, ministry is one of those jobs that um, it's not like you can clock out and mm-hmm. you're not going to hear from your boss or your coworkers. Yeah. It's like, no, like, this is your... And it's, and it's beautiful because, wow, you have community connection mm-hmm. and there's a, an emotional side of it. There's a spiritual side of it, you know. Right. All these different things. But it's almost like because of those components, like, it never stops. And mm-hmm. so even when you are home you kind of feel like you're on call because like your pastor could call you or like one of your you know team members could call and while you're like i love these people and you know i'm thankful we also have to set boundaries Mm -hmm. um for ourselves and and i think it's interesting that like you know i don't think we're always good at even setting up parameters for leaders and pastors for them to have rest and to mm-hmm. and even check on them and say, hey, you know, I remember when I was in college, um, there was this girl in my friend circle that was always known for being the encourager. Yeah. She was the one that would encourage everybody in our friend circle. Um, but then one day someone put a letter in her mailbox and they said, hey, I just felt like I needed to send you a letter and let you know that it's a that you need to be encouraged too. And oh, who, who's going to encourage the encourager? Yeah. And so they said, that's my job. I'm going to encourage you. Um, and tell you, you know, you're doing a great job and, like, the Lord loves you. And that was really cool because, you know, as pastors and leaders, we, in a sense, are encouragers and we are those who are leading, but it's like, who's going to step in and say an encouraging word to mm-hmm. the, the leader, you know? Yeah, um, that's so good. And breathe some fresh air. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, you know, you get the you get the monthly, or not monthly, like you get the yearly pastor appreciation month and it's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that, but it needs to be more than just one day out of the year um, because, again, it, it's a full-time job. You don't have a break from that, yeah. uh, especially senior pastors of a church. You know, they're, they're, they have it the worst. Um, yeah. But, I mean, every single person who's on staff at a church mm-hmm. still has that kind of mentality of I'm never yeah. never off of this. I'm, I'm sure. always doing this. And so 
um, if you're listening to this, love on love on your pastors, yeah. uh, love on your leaders at your church, um, because it, it a little goes a long way. Because you have no totally. idea what they're going through. Um, again, that I mean, you see a spike in mental health um, issues among pastors, depressions, yeah. and an all time high among pastors. Sure, suicide again, unfortunately, is a thing that we see in the church, and that's because we're not gracious enough mm-hmm. to check in on our pastors. Um, yeah. And I think we need to be more intentional with that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, yeah. that's huge. It's definitely totally. huge. And I think there's, like, even in the system of, like, discipling people and teaching them how to walk, you know, and live yeah. as a believer with pastors and stuff, it's almost like there sometimes there can be an unhealthy dependency on a pastor. Yeah. Where, like, because I think the biblical model is to like raise people up mm-hmm. so that they can raise people up like leadership yeah. is a biblical model and so if we can't if we don't learn how to like feed ourselves and mm-hmm. we're always relying on our pastor yeah. for a, a, an encouraging word or a message that's why they get worn out too because mm-hmm. there's so many people that you know yeah but if we can create that system of leadership like jesus exemplified like he mm-hmm. it's kind of wild he like you know recruited these 12 disciples you know showed them how to like establish the kingdom showed them how to live and walk mm-hmm. in the kingdom and then he left and said here you go yeah <laughs> like you do this yeah and he sent the holy spirit you know yeah. as a as a helper and yeah. so um that's powerful you know yeah i mean that, that's definitely something that you know I've, I've been to a few different churches around the area and um I've noticed that disciple, like true discipleship, has been a thing that has kind of been neglected over the years. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, it's obviously sad to see that because that's our main job. Yeah. We're literally called to make disciples, and if we're not doing that in a church setting, because the church is a staple of, hey, you know, this is how we're supposed to live. Right. Um, let's encourage people, uh, encourage each other, and we're not even showing them how to read the Bible. Sure. Now it's becoming um, more all about getting people to serve right. before they even know wow. who Jesus is. Wow. And that's the thing. It's just that, like, yeah. uh, it blows my mind because I'm like, I don't want somebody serving on a, on a church leadership, a volunteer team or whatever right. um, without knowing who, who Jesus is. Like, I've seen some churches that people will on one Sunday accept Jesus as, as their savior and then the next Sunday it's like okay you're ready to serve on the greeting team yeah, yeah. it's like they don't they don't know like this is still right. all new to them right and um, and what's going to happen in, in five months where something hard goes through like goes on in their life and yeah. wow. they blame God for it and leave sure and um, wow. I, I feel like that's something that they haven't had time to let their roots exactly yeah know, yeah there's nothing they haven't been able to tap in yet so it's mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, that's that's really, honestly, very accurate and spot on that you said that because I think there's a sense of even in some churches that are we're building this thing, we're growing, we're influencing people, right? We're forging full steam ahead, but it's like, and that's wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's also like, hey, if literally we're just taking these brand new believers and you know all they're doing is serving and they're not being like you said taught how to read how to pray um when i was in high school our youth pastor taught us he said um 
to be a believer, think of it like a three-legged stool. You have to have three legs mm-hmm. for the stool to stand. And so you need prayer, you need worship, and the Word, and fellowship. You need at least three of those things. You know, obviously, true. you always need the Word. But, right. Um, but they talked about the importance of that, and they discipled us mm-hmm. that way. And we served as well, you know, so it, right. was, it was both. Um, and I think those, you know, and discipleship is really like, walking and doing life with people Mm -hmm. um like hand in hand that kind of thing and i think through that like you establish trust and you establish Mm -hmm. like history and out of that flows life you know right um so but a lot of times we put this expectation yeah on people and it's sad because it's like we shouldn't yeah we we should be really caring for the souls Mm -hmm. of people Um, yeah more you know right and now it's become a class on a sunday afternoon after church it's hey sure. 20 people let's get together yeah let's do discipleship class yeah. and then do it for four weeks and then you're gone yeah and uh i mean it, it, having a discipleship class if you're tra- teaching people how to disciple others um i can see that's that's great but if you're trying to do true discipleship with somebody and trying to help people get through yeah. the new walk of life they're going through, yeah. it's not going to be effective if you're doing it in a classroom. Right. Because, you don't, like you said, it's not that relationship aspect right. of what Jesus was doing. Um, I mean, he didn't just tell the 12 disciples to follow him and then never talk to them during the days. Like, right. he was constantly getting to know them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's something that we definitely have... have fallen away from over the years just because it's been so easy to say everyone get in a room let's talk about this and then sure. we'll go sure because like you said earlier it's society now life now is, is always go 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 yeah. go we don't take the time to, to mm-hmm. realize what the importance is and yeah. that's to do life together right um and that's why you, that's Absolutely. probably why you see so many people fall away from from the faith because totally. they don't have that community of people saying Hey, I know you're going through something. Let's let's meet up. Let's talk about this. See what yeah. God like. Let's pray about it together. Um, wow. It's more of a, hey, I see you're going through this. Uh, you know, uh, just just pray about it. God's going to get it done, yeah. and, and you'll be all right. And then that's it. That's, yeah. They don't ever check back in, or they don't ever take the time out of their right. day to, to help them. Right. And that's why um, now I have friends that that have gone through that um, because of the, through the church and have fallen away from the faith because of that. Wow. And um, it's really one of those things that's had to see. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's kind of what kind of sparked this right here is doing this podcast was their stories of people going through that um, through hard times in the church. Um, some right. people in churches have neglected yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and it's like we can't be reliant on how the church is. It's, it's all it, we have to obviously rely on, on Jesus and, and yeah. God and, and, and having that relationship established with him. Um, but we can't look at the church for that. We have to look at the people around us. If we don't have our right. lives right. filled with people who are authentic with lifting us up, yeah, we're not going to have a smooth sailing per se. I mean, it's nothing about being a Christian yeah. is smooth. <laughs> um, there, but, are, there are the seasons though that you're like, how how can it be this good? There are the yeah, yeah yeah and then, and then like the mountaintops yeah the next season it's it's not so great um, you're in the valley you're definitely in the valley yeah and uh, and the valley could take a while too it True. could be a very long valley yeah. but um, but again it's all about having that community that 
you look at and you're like, okay, these people actually care about helping me grow. Right. And that's right. such a huge thing that we need yeah. to look at. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and it's crazy, too, because when people know that you care, I think that's when you'll see response, you know. Right. And a lot of times, yeah, it's easy, you know, if, the, if your system is, you know, if there's like a clog in the system on things, mm-hmm. like it's easy to not communicate that. And then, right. yeah, and then you're just kind of creating people that serve rather mm-hmm. than people that really are their heart is deeply connected. Yeah, it's kind of like spiritual zombies in a way. Yeah, that's um, a great way. To do yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we we know something's there, but yeah, we've not been trained enough to do it, and so yeah. we're just kind of walking around waiting for something yeah. to happen. It's like the purpose. Purpose is missing from the picture. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And we. It's almost like we've put this image in front of people that mm-hmm. like this is what we're after, but then the substance and the purpose. You yeah, know, has to be there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those hard things. I mean, let's just talk a little bit more about about this new this new venture of yeah. artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any any projects you're working? on? Yeah, um, I am starting to well, starting. I've been writing for another record. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna kind of take a different approach to this project. I usually have done live records, right? Um, and this one will probably do a couple of the songs live, mm-hmm. but. Um, maybe half of them live and then half in the studio Um, but the theme for this record is um, there's three things that I really want to focus on and restoration healing and um, just like closeness to the Lord those are kind of my three themes for the project and so all the songs are kind of written in that uh, Mm -hmm. in that vein so far and yeah I think that with just this year and everything I wanted to write some songs that I want when people hear them, I want them to think, mm-hmm. wow, like, this is what I've been needing to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, or needing to hear this year, mm-hmm. you know, that I haven't had the words for, or, you know, just that I haven't known what to, how to express it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been my prayer for the project. And so I'll start recording probably at the beginning of next year. Okay. And I'll probably, I think we're aiming to release it in May, April or May. Oh, that's exciting, dude! So, yeah, we yeah. might we may drop a couple of singles awesome. along the way before. Yeah. That's exciting! Yeah. Can't wait for that. Thank it's you. It's gonna be really good. I'm excited. It's always fun getting back in the creative space again, right? Where like album time is always like feels like Christmas, especially when you start <laughs> like doing demos and you get like the producer sends you back the mm-hmm. you know scratch tracks. You're like, it's like Christmas. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! <laughs> it's like this is the final thing. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> no, but it like sometimes they sound so good that it feels like yeah. Let's just put this on iTunes. And yeah, then, let's just drop it now and call yeah. it a day. And then your A and R and your like record label people are like, um, no, yeah, <laughs> like, <we got> this <laughs> isn't good enough. Let's not do this. So now that you're back into the full time artistry and you're doing more songwriting um, and co writes, who who are your top five artists that you would love to? to work with sometime down the road yeah um does it count if there's one or two that already happened that's exciting where it's like yeah dude let's do it okay um let's see like you mean like collaborating like songwriting or songwriting or you know actually doing worship with having a song with whatever yeah let's see man that's such a big question it's a big question because it's like a lot of people um well let's see i definitely 
there have been a few people that have been like, I would, they, I just love their heart, I love their music, mm-hmm. and what they, how they walk with the Lord, and um, I would say Stephanie Gretzinger, mm-hmm. one of them for sure, um, she's incredible, uh, Rita Springer, um, incredible, yeah, love, love Rita's music, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, who else, let's think, let's think, five, you want five, five, um, I really respect uh, Cody Carnes a lot. He's oh, great. Yeah. He's really Incredible. fantastic. And love his writing. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, those are just three that I can think of off the top of my head. There's so many great artists and writers out there. Okay, we could like, take three. Na- Nashville's the place to be, too. Oh. So it's like, and it know. seems like every day somebody's moving here. I know. Because yeah. Stephanie just moved here, what, last mm-hmm. year, yeah. two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Nashville's a prime spot to do that. Yeah. So, okay, let's go back on people you've worked with then. Who, like, what artists have you really been excited to work with um, and collab with on yeah. stuff? Yeah, um, well, okay, so like three, two years ago maybe? It's crazy how time flies, but um, there's, have you heard of Local Sound? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, love out, they're out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. So I wrote with them last year a few times, and then they ended up recording um, one of the songs we wrote called On My Side. And, oh, sweet. Love um, that song. It was beautiful i loved how it turned yeah. out and it blessed me a ton that's great um so they're great and then um last summer i wrote with uh, matt redmond and mm. we wrote a song called let there be wonder mm. that is really one of my favorites mm. and um yeah that was really special because i kind of grew up listening to matt right and, i mean like everybody did yeah <laughs> oh yeah um and so and he's just he's the real deal mm. super sweet so genuine and really carries the heart of the lord you that's know? awesome so, that's awesome yeah those are those are two that that come to mind right away but um yeah it's i don't know i love i love the process of collaborating and because it feels like sometimes people bring something out of you mm-hmm. you know in the writer's room that you maybe didn't have words yet right before. yeah that's really good um so kind of wrap this thing up yeah. um if you uh, if you guys have not heard of Corey Voss, you definitely need to check him out. Um, he's got two two solo albums, right? Yeah. So two solo solo albums. He has two albums with Madison Street Worship. He's yeah. done tons of stuff. Uh, I mean, his latest stuff that he just did was with um, Revere um, oh, yeah. at Lee University. Um, yeah. Super great project. Love it. I love that project. It's a beautiful. So beautiful. It was really good. You got like what three songs on there that you've you're part of? I did yes, I did well I did one on the record and mm-hmm. then we went back and did a second Revere acoustic record and there's three songs. Well four technically. Because we did we did three songs and then we did like a spontaneous worship session. Oh perfect. So so de- I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out. I didn't know about it comes that. Out in January. January, okay. So it's I'm- called Revere Holy Places. Remember that, guys. Revere Holy Places. Uh, but definitely check out the Revere uh, live album that they did. Um, super incredible. Share that with your friends. Um, follow Corey on on Instagram. Uh, are you on Twitter as well? Or are you? I am. Yep. I, oh. I don't know if I put out a tweet in a while, but I'm on. okay. Well, you I can will, follow. I will start tweeting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> follow him. Do your thing. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening, and we will get back to you here soon. Mm-hmm.